Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, March the 9th. And our top story today is that a pensioner has been injured after a group of teenagers pushed an empty shopping trolley down an escalator at an Asda in Greenhithe. Well, Kate joins me now to talk more about this one. Kate, an awful thing to happen. Firstly, how is the man? Yes, really terrible. We're told he suffered head injuries and cuts to his hands and later went to hospital just as a precaution, but it really could have been much worse. So what actually happened then, Kate? Well, the 80-year-old had been travelling up the escalator in the supermarket when he was hit by a trolley that had been pushed down from the top. The force of the impact knocked him back to the ground floor. This happened on February 24, so almost a fortnight ago at the Imperial Retail Park store at about half six in the evening. And who are police looking for? They say the three suspects are aged between 12 and 16. One of them had brown hair and was wearing a grey puffer jacket, black tracksuit and black trainers. The other two had black black hair, one was in a black tracksuit and the other in a red one. Finally, what have officers had to say? Well, Sergeant Andrew Ferguson has given us a statement. It says the elderly victim is fortunate that he did not suffer more serious injuries and we've been trying to identify the teenage boys involved in this incident. There were other shoppers who will have seen what happened and we are appealing for witnesses or anyone with information that may assist our inquiries to call the appeal line. Kate, thank you ever so much and if you do have any info, you can call 01474 that's 01474 366149 quoting reference number 46 slash 35856 slash 23 that's 46 slash 35856 slash 23 or you can get in touch anonymously via Crime Stoppers Kent Online News Other top stories for you today and two drug dealers have been jailed after a £1.6 million drugs bust on the Dartford crossing was linked to them. Robert Smith and Ismet Saleh went on the run after 220 kilos of cocaine was connected to their criminal nickname. The 37 and 33-year-old will spend more than 25 years behind bars between them. A third man from Dartford has also been jailed for acting as a drug runner. You can see pictures of the group by heading to Kent Online. A Ramsgate man who threw a rock through the window of a pub leaving the landlady with head injuries has been sent to prison. Stephen Gowson was caught on CCTV running away from the Hazar pub in Margate after it happened on New Year's Day. The 36-year-old from Newcastle Hill has been locked up for two years. A young boy has been robbed at knife point while walking with a friend on the Great Lines in Gillingham. The victim was threatened with a red-handled blade by two teenage boys. We're told they stole his phone before running away last Saturday. Now, an Academy Trust in Medway has been praised for the work it's doing to make sure teachers have good mental health. The pressure on staff has been highlighted during recent strike action by members of the National Education Union. It's also feared many are leaving the profession because of the stress they're under. While Rivermead Inclusive Trust has been given a wellbeing award for pioneering initiatives, I've been chatting to Paul Dadson, who's Director of School Improvement. What it says is that that we place the wellbeing of our staff at the centre of everything that we do. And actually, long term, there's that link to their pupils because... The reason that I first got interested in the well-being element was because of the links between actually if you can 
look after the well-being of your staff then it has a positive impact in terms of the outcomes for your pupils a happy staff makes for happy classrooms which makes for happy pupils recruitment and retention is then high we've got teachers that are in our classrooms to teach our children and provide high quality teaching and learning for them but of course, Paul, it's not been an easy time. The past couple of years have been very, very difficult for many reasons. Obviously, lockdown put a huge amount of pressure on, on teachers. I mean, what sort of things have you been doing to kind of boost morale and make sure that everyone is mentally well during such a tricky time? I think it really it's that holistic approach is actually caring for our staff. So it's the little short win situations we put in, things like the thank you notes, the checking on people, the cakes, but actually it's those long-term things that are really going to make an impact on staff, thinking about the amount of marking they've got, thinking about um, giving staff time to be able to take part in appointments and just generally just making sure that they're all right. Yeah, because we've heard recently with the strike action going on a, a, an awful lot about the pressures and workload of staff. And it seems that the time is really, really crucial. And do you find that teachers just having that time to step away for whether it be half an hour really helps them out? I think so. It's just about recognising the, the pressures on our teachers and giving them those opportunities, whether it be through stepping away to collaborate with colleagues, whether it be just to have that, that headspace we think is really crucial. And actually it has that really positive effect because if our staff feel valued they will go over and above for our pupils within our school so it's a win-win situation for us and you mentioned there the thank you notes it might sound like something really small but that can mean an awful lot can't it just someone saying thank you for what you've done oh, oh definitely and it's something that sort of permeates throughout our trust that ethos that actually it's a collaborative trust and actually right from our cleaners right up to the top and our ceo we all feel equally valued and making sure that we're letting people know how valued and important they are to the rhythm Mead inclusive trust we can also hear now from tina lovey who's the chief exec of the trust i'm incredibly proud of all of our staff our families and our learners across the trust um you know the work that we do uh, it's not about um you know just senior leadership level it's about you know ensuring that all of our um trust personnel families and learners are all included so yeah very proud and how important is mental health it's something we seem to talk an awful lot more about these days and perhaps in the past didn't really give it too much thought but everyone has struggles and and needs good mental health how vital do you see it um, it's not something that, you know, has just, you know, come about. It's, you know, mental health and looking after yourself. It's been essential to do that for, for many, many years. Um, when we uh, formed our trust back in 2016, the reason we are called the Inclusive Trust is we wanted to ensure that we looked after our staff, our families, our learners in a complete holistic way. A mental health, a good mental health, positive mental health is at the ep absolute epicentre of all that we do within our trust. So well-being, giving that holistic and therapeutic care um, should be given to all. And that includes our staff members also. Of course, it's tricky times for everyone at the moment. No one's really immune to it, is it? Have, have you experienced more people wanting to, to take some time out and make sure that they've, they've got that headspace to, so they don't get overwhelmed by either work or things going on at home? I think it's absolutely essential that we, we take care of our workforce for productivity. We want to ensure 
that our workforce are happy, that they're in classrooms. Um, you know, as my colleague Paul said, you know, you have a happy workforce, then you want to ensure that you, you, you know, have that within your classrooms to ensure that your children are really happy. Um, it's been essential. And we, we've really focused uh, quite significantly since the pandemic on ensuring that our, our staff have a support mechanism to help them when they're feeling quite low. Uh, we have counsellors um, in place as part of our therapy team um, that will uh, offer counselling services. And of course, we buy into Care First as a trust so that you know, we have the, the advantage of being able to refer our staff members to get additional help should they need. Um, but we go above and beyond, Nikki, uh, above and beyond that. I mean, if we look at uh, like men's health, we've really had a particular focus recently on health needs within men's health and uh, women's health in particular, um, looking at menopause practice. Uh, we're, you know, at the we've done a policy, a procedure, and it's how we actually support our workforce um, to ensure that they are, you know, really happy to come to work and be productive. Congratulations to all of those again at Rivermead Inclusive Trust. Kent Online reports. Gates leading into Dane John Gardens in Canterbury are going to stay closed at night to try and stop antisocial behaviour. A trial of shutting the five gates between 10 at night and 4 in the morning on Fridays and Saturdays has been running over over the past year. People living nearby say it has cut down on trouble in the area. The owner of an ice cream van in Folkestone is in a dispute with the council after his application to park up near the harbour was thrown out. Frankie Fernando wants to have a spot on the stage, but some fear it would lead to congestion in the area. Well, he's put together a document responding to concerns and an application will be reconsidered. Meantime, plans for a new doctor's surgery on Sheppey have been scrapped 25 years after the they were first approved. Swell Council gave the go-ahead for the Thistle Hill development in Minster way back in 1998, but no work has ever taken place. It's understood no healthcare provider came forward to run it. Now, it might not be the weather for heading to the beach right now, but recruitment is underway to find lifeguards for Kent's beaches this summer. The RNLI are looking for people to patrol coastal spots in Swale and Thanet. Last year's record-breaking heat kept the lifeguards very busy with plenty of people visiting beaches in the county and they're preparing for another scorcher this year. Well, Kate has been chatting to Charlie Frame, who's the lead lifeguard supervisor in Ramsgate. We're currently looking for people who enjoy the beach environment, um, have a good level of fitness, i.e. running and swimming, uh, people who can swim 16 lengths in seven and a half minutes. Um, also, just people who enjoy working as part of the team as well. Um, like that that's all the catchment for us at the moment and when we talk about being a lifeguard i think people have this idea that you just sort of patrol the beach and you know help people in the water if they get into trouble i'm sure there's so much more to it than that what can you tell me about the position yeah so the job involves being a lifesaver when needed um essentially um also being preventative around key hazards on the beach just making sure we give people the essential safety advice um, whilst they're just trying to enjoy their day on the beach we want to point people in the right directions and point them, point them away from the dangers. And that's essentially our job. We want to be as preventive and, and helpful as we can when we're working 10 to 6 on the beaches. You mentioned when you were talking about the types of people that you were looking for, you know, they need to be athletic and enjoy the beach and be able to swim 16 lengths, which I definitely couldn't do. Um, is, are there any 
qualifications or any specific educational levels that people need to have achieved? Yeah, cool. So you can apply without an app, without a qualification. However, you will need to gain an MVBLQ before working on the beach. Uh, following this, um, if you are successful uh, getting your MVBLQ, which is a beach lifeguard qualification, which is a six-day course, essentially, that does come at a price, um, but you do earn that back if you are successful and join the RNLI. Um, following that MVBLQ, um, you'll gain world-class training in casualty care to assist with first aid on the beaches. Also, a robust induction with myself and my team uh, starting on the beaches. So it's, it sounds like, obviously, there's a, there's a lot to gain from, from becoming a lifeguard. It's something that you've dedicated your life to. Tell me what it's like to, 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 to live this life, to be a lifeguard. How was it for you? Yeah, sure. So it is, it's really rewarding, um, especially when you're working on the beaches and you talk to people day to day um, and you, you feel like you've made a difference. Um, yeah, it, it's really rewarding in that sense. And also just being part of a team, um, you grow. So we get 16 year olds, they come in and then they they grow as a person, they learn skills and they take that into whatever walk of life they go into. So, yeah, it's a really rewarding job um, and you learn a whole host of things. Um, so, yeah, I definitely I definitely recommend this to, to, to anyone who has that basic level of fitness and feel like they do like that beach environment. Kent Online reports. As many as 1,500 bins across Kent are being missed each week. New figures from a Freedom of Information request by Kent Online show our waste has gone uncollected more than 155,000 times over the last two years. Canterbury was one of the worst affected areas and officials there say they're hoping to replace the company Serco, who's responsible for them. You can see details of the figures for where you live at kentonline.co.uk. Plans have been put forward to demolish an historic pub in Dartford and turn it into flats. The Welsh Tavern in Stone could be bulldozed and replaced with eight two-bedroom and six one bedroom flats with off-road parking and a new access road. Now, Rochester Cathedral is currently home to a 13-metre long table made from the wood of a 5,000-year-old fossilised black oak tree. It's called a Table for the Nation and was dedicated to the Queen for her Platinum Jubilee. It's only been on display once before but will be at the Cathedral until March next year. Canon Sue Brewer is from Rochester Cathedral and has been speaking to our reporter, Lauren We're the second venue to have it. It's previously been at Ely Cathedral. And uh, the the table itself is made from an oak tree that was discovered in the year of the late Queen's Diamond Jubilee 2012 and took 10 years to turn that fossilised oak tree, which was 5,000 years old, into a beautiful table which was completed in the year of the Platinum Jubilee. And so so it's called the Jubilee Oak Table. And it's beautiful. And also, as all tables, it's it's a place to gather around. So we're hoping that as we host it in the cathedral, as people come and look at it, are amazed at its beauty, but also at the awesome history of an oak tree that's been there for so very long, um, that also people will come and use the table. And if it's allow, it's called a table for the nation. People can come and sit around it, hold meetings around it, play board games on it, share a meal around it. And already it's only been there since um, Wednesday and uh, Thursday. 
and already people are coming in to see it and conversations are sparking up around it as people are, are taking in its its size and its beauty. It's obviously um, a very special table, though. Are you not nervous about people damaging it or coming in or if they're playing board games or still uh, spilling things? Or do you find that people themselves are being really nervous around it? People are very nervous about whether they're allowed to touch it. Um, so they, they often ask for permission. They're used to being kept well away from things like that. But Hamish Lowe, who, who created it, intended it to be for the nation and for communities to use. And I think it is so impressive and so so awesome that people are very respectful of it. Um, and it, it's also very hard and very durable because the wood's been preserved so well in the fens over many centuries. And it sits below the doves. So is it, do you also yes. want people to come and, you know, while they're at the table to look up or yeah, what, what was the reason yeah. for the positioning? Uh, the timing has worked well for us. We've got about a month when the doves are in place over the table, but the table is with us for a full year from now. But the doves will, the doves exhibition will end in April. So, um, so if you want to see both at once, unique opportunity, then the next month is the time to do it. So everyone hurry down there now so you can get to see the doves because that's amazing. That'd absolutely. be amazing to see them both together. Yeah, and they are amazing together, absolutely. Kent Online News. A Whitstable restaurant which regularly has to turn customers away because it's so popular has announced plans to expand. Bosses at Birdies on Harbour Street want to have more tables, a bar and outdoor seating area. They're putting in a bid to move into an empty shop next door. Meantime, six new restaurants will open on and around Folkestone Harbour Arm this summer. Work on four of them has already started and they're expected to be open all year round. The seafront attracted two million visitors last year alone. Multi-million pound plans to rebuild a school have been approved by officials in Kent. Rotem School will be rebuilt to provide 265 more places from September 2025. The academy was chosen to feature within a Department for Education rebuilding programme. This is a really lovely story today. A couple who became friends after chatting on the phone during lockdown have met for the first First time, Sally Griffiths from Exeter and Jenny Hossack from Maidstone were put in touch with each other by inspired friendships. Now, the idea was to make sure that people didn't feel too lonely or isolated when they couldn't get out during the pandemic. Now, Sally has travelled more than 200 miles to meet up with Jenny and they've been chatting to the podcast. I was just so excited about actually meeting her. Um, it's After just, two years? Yes, over two yeah. years, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what do you love about Jenny? Like, why do you think you two clicked over the phone? I don't know. We just we laughed. Don't we, we do. We do. Every, every week we laugh about something. Yeah. yeah. We have a very similar sense of humour. I do. think, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Even if we feel down, yeah. we end up laughing. We do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and the, the service, obviously. Why did you guys decide to sign up or, or get involved? Um, 
Well, for me, I wanted to... I I'd kind of thought about signing up for Silverline before. Um, this is like an, a few years ago. And then when this came up, I just thought it would be a really nice opportunity to you know, meet someone, chat to someone, and make their day a bit better, which I hope I have done. <laughs> and, what, and what about you, Jenny? Well, it was Wendy who said to me, would you like somebody to ring you? And... I thought, well, I, I really don't need it. I can get out, you know, I'm not housebound. And she said, well, it's up to you, but she comes from, she comes from Devon. So I said, oh, OK, then we've, we'll, we'll try it. And uh, two years later, we're still talking. Lovely. And do you think that, obviously, it started up in lockdown. Yeah. Do you think lockdown was difficult for you guys? What it was a whole for everyone, yeah. wasn't it? But just not being able to talk to people was, was tough. It, it was and it wasn't. Um, because I'd had terrible anxiety previously, I actually found lockdown was easier than it was for other people because I'd been it, used to being indoors, but nobody else was going out either, so it was, I wasn't watching anybody else. There was no pressure. And... Um, I, I felt better. It, it it gave me a bit of time to heal. I think to re, to recoup, get get your yes. confidence so, back. So in in some ways, I think lockdown helped me in a funny sort of way. Um, and I mean, <laughs> you must have been. I don't know what words you could sum up that, but what was going through your head at the time? <laughs> well, I. Gobsmacked, really. I, I wasn't expecting it. I had no inkling. They they kept the secret very well. <laughs> very well. Wendy Pfeiffer is the friendship manager and organiser of the scheme she's been chatting to our reporter Cara Simmons. I joined Inspired Villages as the friendship manager in August 2020 so getting on for three years now and um, obviously you, you created this uh, the cause of friendship didn't you back mm. during Covid. Mm. Why do you think it was so important to sort of set this up especially when everyone you know everyone was at home? And, uh, I think it was um, it was a time that no one could foresee happening and suddenly we were all in a position even people that would never have admitted to feeling lonely before that was suddenly very, very isolated at home with no one to speak to, especially if people lived alone. So we felt it was really, really important to establish a way of contact with the outside world. So what better way of going back to good old-fashioned telephone calls? Exactly. And um, obviously, um, Jenny, you said Jenny was approached by you mm. and... Um, and set you up with Sally. Mm -hmm. um, was she a bit hesitant at first to join? Um, so or? Jenny um, is one of our members, and um, not all of our members wanted a telephone call from a stranger. I mean, they were quite happy to talk to myself or Diane because they know us, but you know, having a complete stranger ring you is quite a different story. Um, but we'd already got Sally from Inspired Villages and we knew that you know where she lived and we thought, well, that's the kind of something she's got in common with Jenny straight away. So... Um, although Jenny was a little bit hesitant at the beginning, she said, OK, well, we'll give it a go and see what happens. You can also read this story and see the pair being united by heading to Kent Online. And finally, wildlife experts say they've had an increase in reports of penguins being spotted on the coast in Thanet over the past few weeks. Bosses at Birdwise East Kent say the black and white birds are actually guillemots. There have been similar sightings in Dover, Folkestone and Ramsgate. They are very cute, though. You can head to Kent Online to see them. And I'm sure you can understand why people have got a bit confused. 
Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are going to be setting up an anonymous phone number which fans can use to report racist, sexist and homophobic comments heard on match days. It comes after reports of such comments at a recent fixture which are now under investigation by the Football Association and the English Football League. The club has issued a statement today reminding fans that there is a zero-tolerance approach to the behaviour. Meantime, the club's owner is back in town. Brad Gallinson has spent a couple of months at home in the US but will be at the game on Saturday when the Jills play Tranmere Rovers. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the site today, don't forget to check out our latest Eat My Words food review. Plus, we've got a guide to the biggest concerts that are happening in Kent this summer. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.